every formula coming at you live from venus uncle dre and auntie chris bring you gangster goddess broadcast welcome to gangster goddess broadcast with auntie dre and, and uncle chris Forget about it. It's all it ass backwards. Matter. All I know is that Uncle we Chris, have a great guest today. Again, you're dyslexic. I know. You know what? Yeah. Lorraine is dyslexic. I know. And she's our guest today. No! I know that. I'm so excited. I know. I'm like real I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm I don't know if I'm, I can handle it. I have Why are you nervous? You were with her on the Sopranos for Let me just tell you about my one line when I was on the Sopranos and I had one line as the hostess in the restaurant and I could not say the line. What line was it? Over I don't even remember the line, but it was like sorry, but there's no, you know, you're going to have to wait an hour for your table. The hostess that turns Lorraine away in the pilot. Oh, that was your scene with her. Yeah, and I couldn't say the line cuz I was so nervous you're to like, be with Karen, her. Karen, Karen from Goodfellas. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm nervous. I, I don't know how to interview people. This is new for us. This, we're learning. This is all, this is like, work you know, in learning is fun and we're learning. And I lay in bed and I think, what questions do I want to ask Lorraine? <sighs> and then in the morning I ask my boyfriend to type them out and, and then, you know. Oh. Hi guys. <laughs> how are ya? <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Doing the best we can, one day at a time. Um, let's not hold this up because no. she is the OG gangster goddess. She has been nominated for an Academy Award for multiple Emmys, multiple Golden Globes for both her performance in Goodfellas and The Sopranos. Um, but to me, she's way more than just Melfi or Karen. To me, she embodies so many other things. She's also an author. She's written two books, um, On the Couch and um, To the Fullest, Yeah. Um, about her life experiences, depression from- um, Self-help. Self-help to a diet, uh, a sort of a diet, liver cleanse, um, how to um, take care of your body from the inside out sort of thing. Um, but we're and get she's into, a mom. And we're going to get into all that, like yes. women do. And she's a single mom. Yeah. And for me, that I relate to that immensely because I'm a single mom. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to ask her all these questions. So, so yeah. Three broads. Without further ado, <laughs> which is my favorite thing to I say. I know you We need to come up with something better. <laughs> Without further ado, we bring you Brocco. Oh, Brocco. 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 Freaking Brocco. Our broad, from, our broad Brocco. Yeah, from East Coast. From the East Coast. Yeah. We got Brocco from the East Coast. Brocco over from Brooklyn. Yeah. And Long Island. All right. <laughs> You're like, shut it. Okay. <laughs> I got it, Chris. Here she comes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ooh. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes. We're not going to talk right now. No, we're going to no. eat. I'm just going to eat. Thanks. Mm. Smells delicious. Oh, I love this a bread olive so oil. much. Um, Chris, yeah. Since um, since we're gonna partake here with our little bites of our bread, mm. can you just share with our audience how they can get this amazing bread delivered to their homes? If I can talk with a mouthful, I can. I'm sure you can. Okay. Well. Um, Uprising Food is offering our listeners, excuse me, free shipping when you go to uprisingfood.com and use the code gangster at checkout. It's so good. Mm -hmm. 
It's paleo, guys. Mm-hmm. It's um, dairy-free, soy-free, preservative-free, and grain-free. Grain In stereo. It's and all those breads are usually not so yummy. This one, game changer. All right, we have to get back to Lorraine Bracco. Mm. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I mean, yeah, we're thrilled. Really excited <laughs> to have you here because you are the OG gangster goddess. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. And um, I get I, to I, almost mean old. <laughs> no. I no, am listen. the oldest. <laughs> you're, yeah. the, you're the oldest, Gigi? Yeah, yeah. We're getting, I'm getting there. She's younger than me, but. I mean, you look fabulous. Can we start with what's your secret? Because, oh my God. To the fullest. To the fullest. How's to the, the fullest. Yeah. I, I just covered That's up my beautiful. gray before I came here with a spray bottle. I used, um, yeah. with, uh, eyeshadow. <laughs> I used eyeshadow. I- I used to do that, but now I'm like, yeah, no, fuck it, no more. If I, I had it. hair like yours, I would not. It um, works well. I would, I, I, the blonde hair with the gray hair is. That's what I got going. It looks great. No, yours looks nice. I like it. You have dark, you have a dark, you have dark hair. So the silver looks good with the dark hair. No, I let it go. It's my COVID-19 hair. I love it. <laughs> You're like, you, do you remember my mom? Do you ever remember me her? Very well. You know, it's so funny. You're going to laugh. I I remember this. And I remember never getting to say that I I felt bad. But when you and Michael, you're going to laugh, okay? When you and Michael won the Emmy and you guys went up there and I put my hands in my lap and I prayed that we would all be able to have the Emmy that year. And your mom is next to me. And I never said to her, Oh my God, she won! Oh. I was like, oh, please let us get it this time. Please, please, we deserve it. We worked so hard, you know, and I always felt bad that I kind of like shut down and went into this, you know, mode. And I didn't like tell her, oh oh my God, she did it. And I always felt bad about that. No, don't ever. You know what I felt bad about? How nervous I was when I was there and that I couldn't even say anything on stage. (laughs) It it happens to the best of us. Look at Joe Fleshy when he won the Academy Award for Goodfellas. He went, thank you. (laughs) Oh, I don't even remember. Did you ever see that? No. Oh, I love him so much. Oh, I do too. Oh. And he's one of the funniest people I know. You think I'm funny? Yeah. <laughs> I make you laugh? <laughs> you oh, funny? my God. Yes. Um, well, speaking of nerves and being nervous on that, all those awful award night ceremonies, I'm nervous right now um, having you here because I'm st- I, it takes me right back to being 26 years old mm. when I first had that very first scene in the pilot and the, it was with you and Jim. And Jim, I didn't know who he was yet, but you. All I saw in my mind's eye with my one line that I had to say that I couldn't say. And you know when you fuck up one line and you just can't stop doing yeah, it? And your nerves take over? We all do it. I had visions of Karen putting that gun in her panties. And that was all I could think about. <laughs> that was it. Oh, my God. I was in love with you. Oh, I my was, God. Oh, I loved you so much. I I was at the premiere of Goodfellas when I was 18. Oh my God. I 
crazy. I, I was even... Bob. I was Bob Daly's guest because I was friends with his son. Oh my god, how fabulous! I know. In LA I, or New York? I was in New York, and I'll never forget. They started taking pictures of me when I got there, and they thought I was Madonna. I was like, why are they taking pictures of me? And uh, then they realized, um, oh, it's not her, and they just left me in the dust. And I was like, forget it. I don't know you what feel this- good, huh? <laughs> oh, I was my- good for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it was my initiation to the industry. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't think I'm going to stick with film school. I don't <laughs> like this acting shit. Um, oh but yeah, you- um, I remember that. I remember that. The, wow. oh, that, I was 18 a when I came time. to that. You were 36 when you did that film, right? Uh, when you did Goodfellas? Goodfellas? Uh, I do it by age of the children. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand so, that. So Stella was about four. Oh, she was a baby. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Stella... You know, she loved you. I know. She, she loves Andrea. She oh, loved me yes. when we were doing the show. And yes. I always, you you always made me feel so unbelievably uncomfortable. I'm No, I'm uncomfortable. sorry. Comfortable. <laughs> I always felt so unbelievably uncomfortable. But whenever I would see you, it was like, it was like a light in the distance. Oh. I was like, okay, things are cool because she's warm, accepting a real kind of sister, even though you were older than me. Um, I, you know, I never looked at age even back then. I just looked at whether or not somebody's vibe and energy was, sure. was warm and inviting. And you always had this, like, it's no wonder, of course, that you played Melfi, who was the, the conciliary to the show and the heartbeat to the show. Yeah. And all those scenes what? were the heartbeat. Drea, I learned that. And I learned it from Angelica Houston. Oh, wow. Ooh. Wow. I, I just got chills. I want to hear this story. Tell us. <laughs> We're like, all by myself, I was um, given uh, the uh, L.A. Critic Award for Goodfellas. And I'm all by myself. I don't have a press agent. I don't know anything. I'm clueless, okay? I don't know how... Hollywood works or how an actor has uh, an entourage. <laughs> so they have the car come pick me up and I get out of the car. And like you, I'm a little dumbstruck with all the cameras and people. And and I am, I, I'm, I'm trying to find where to hide. <sighs> and Angelica sees me. And she takes me by the arm and I say, oh, my God, Angelica, I've been such a fan, blah, 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 blah. And I, she just said, you know, I was like talking probably, you know, a mile a minute. And she just looked at me, she said, take a deep breath and get used to it, baby. Uh, <sighs> from one broad and, to another. Yeah. And kind of pushed me on, you know, in front of the step and repeat. Whatever that was, you know. But did you know her before? No, 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 no. I'd met her. I'd met her, but I didn't really know her. But she whispered that get used to it, baby. Oh wow! Yeah, when when a woman in this industry comes to you with that kind of when they want to take care of you in that way, there's oh. no other feeling than than really. That, that, I mean, and you made me feel that way early on no. on on the show. 
whether you would even, you wouldn't even be aware of it, I'm, I'm sure. I'm not but, aware of it. But there's no but, way you would tell me about your daughter and how much she loved me. It yeah. made me feel, you know, like I was okay, you yeah. know, in a, in, yeah. a, in a strange way. Because I felt uncomfortable always being on set. I, you know, I was, I was a little bit the odd man out. I came in there out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, you, you always. That's so, I'm so happy to know that because I am unaware, but I, you know, I, I always felt that, um, I'm no better than anybody else. And, you know, let's I'm, do the best. Your presence can. on set. Though. I always wanted to have fun at those things. Yes. But oh, even on was... set, like the way the crew loved you, I mean, the way Ginger talks about you and all of the crew, I mean. That's because you're... they felt bad that I had to work with Jimmy alone. <laughs> I did. I heard that he used to play practical pranks on you. Is that oh, true? Was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard I mean, stories. He what did he, he do? Really... To tell me some stories. I have to hear oh. this one. You know, what? <laughs> You know, often when we do a scene with somebody and they have, they're telling the story. So you usually you, uh, put the camera on them first. So yeah. that was always Jimmy coming in with, you know, his five pages of dialogue and whatever. <laughs> and he was, he, he was absolutely astonishing to watch. Oh, I mean. I mean, he would take my breath away sometimes. I'd be like, Oh. And then I'd be like, oh my God, my line. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> I supposed to be there. So, but so and anytime he saw me come in, he always knew, oh God, you know, I gotta mm. learn all those lines. You know, he had like a love-hate relationship <laughs> with me. So well, is is it true that you told David early on that I'm only coming in one day a week? So we're going to shoot all these therapy scenes and because you would shoot those scenes in one day, actually, because they're all on the same set. Yeah, we we shot them all anyway on one day. It was, I and that's tough. Said, I would have liked to have said that, but I, you know, I don't believe I said that. Oh, uh, I wish you would have. But it was, it was, you know, it was a lot of work for him. Yeah. So when he was done, uh -huh. he was so relieved that he used to strip. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't imagine. And be rude and disgusting. And, you know, literally like do a strip tease behind the camera. Now, oh, my God. Remember how it was when we showed, when when Jimmy shot, did, we did his, his point of view. There was always a black screen around everything. So he could really, you know, concentrate. And then, of course, when they did the reverse, they did the same. So the crew couldn't see him. <gasps> While you were doing, yeah, you know, Ginger told me they that it ha he had to have black um, scrims up everywhere because he didn't yeah. want to see anybody but her. But right. wait, when he you didn't were doing see anybody move, I think it's the movement that really, yeah. you know. So nobody could see him, only me. So yeah. he, there he is. <laughs> You know, oh, no. I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, he would moon me, you know. No. And oh, I, my God. <laughs> How are you doing your God. scene during and that? And then they How? would be mad at me. Yeah, it was your They'd fault. Be mad at me. I said, you don't see you. 
I'm sure they have eight outtakes of me screaming, you don't see what he's doing to <laughs> Get me. him out. Get did him we ever, out. Did they ever do a bloopers reel? I don't even know. I don't know if I've ever seen a big bloopers oh reel God, on the I show. I don't know, but mine would be like, tell him to stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's cute, you though. You don't see what he's doing to me. <laughs> it's like a brother-sister yes. relationship. Yeah, and with Jeff Marchetti. Oh, boy. Who was on my side. Because he <laughs> oh, knew. God. He knew. So we would, <laughs> we would, um, what we did was we planted one of those fart machines. <laughs> now, usually what you do is you put it under your chair. But yeah. I, but Marchetti was, was, was cunning. And he put it under my chair and he taped it, and he had a remote control. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> I think so I remember I, hearing I, about this. I, no, I set it up in the morning. I said to Jimmy, listen, I don't feel good. I don't know what the, I ate. I did something. I'm not, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm not good, but I'm here. I'm going to go lie down before we go. So I set it up. My stomach is killing me. <laughs> oh, <I'm coughing>. It was you farting the whole time. This is so the with best. Marchetti, when oh. I would I would go like this, and he would press the button. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm gonna do that with you on your chair. Yeah, he would. He was like, I said, I told you I don't feel good. Oh. Oh my God, Marchetti! Uh, just for everybody who doesn't know who we're talking about, he was the prop. He was the, our main prop guy, right? Uh. Or was he? Yeah. No, he was set design. What was that? Yeah, I don't I remember. Don't, he was the funniest person that ever lived, oh. and he ended up being on the show, oh, and really? he ended up becoming yeah. one of Jim's really close friends. Oh. He's a, he was a great guy, and so Jimmy finally said, "You're, you know, you're fucking around with me," and he grabs me and he takes my chair <laughs> and he lifts up the cushion, but there's nothing there. Is I said, <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, oh my, my god. god. We laughed so hard. I mean and he I mean, you know, it was not easy to pull a prank on him. It was uh, not they need to find that footage. Oh. That has to live somewhere. I don't know. Oh my god. Mm. And then the other time uh I was very nasty. nasty. <laughs> I took Annabella's um what do you call those extensions? Ah. Uh, oh, the hair. Uh, you took the hair? I took her extensions and I put them like on the outside of my pantyhose so that when I would cross <laughs> my Amazing. legs, I would have the hair. You had a big bush? <laughs> you knew you were coming to talk to me today, Lorraine. By the way, you're my kind of gal. I just got to say you know, that. That's I, awesome. I left my head off. He looked at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> Amazing. It's been a while. And that was a good one. That was you, good. This might be uh, the only know, interview you've talked in about these it. things in. I had, had all hair and makeup in on it. You know, I put them in the front. We made sure it was long enough, you know, so that it would stick out out of my skirt. Your, your nice Melfi skirt. Yes. Um, your basic instinct moment with your big giant bush down yeah, to your yeah. knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a basic totally, instinct. Totally, totally turn off. Oh my God, amazing. 
I don't know. Okay. For some, they might be into that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. But, but it was fun. I can't. I, you, guys you know, are... I did do fun things, you know, to get them back. But that's what that's that all of that is what made you the the warm, most fun, most accessible person. And you were the godmother on the set because you were the only one who anybody even knew yeah. in, in the beginning. I mean, you were already you were Karen. Karen. Well, and Karen. Michael Imperioli was in Goodfellas and mm-hmm. he was Spider. <laughs> yeah, well, st- but still, you were Karen. <laughs> Not on. I mean, I'll never forget it. I mean, it's the best freaking movie of all time. And and then The Sopranos emulated so much of that movie, even Mean Streets, I felt like. Um, But, uh, I mean, talking about those two. It was the working class. Yes. And the 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 subcultures and and that. I mean, you were at the top of both of those genres for TV and for film. I've been Um, lucky. I know. You're lucky. But you're so much more than just, um, to me, Melfi and the characters you've played. To me, you're so, because of your your energy on set, because of the big Friday nights on set. I mean, Friday nights were your nights, right? That's when you guys shot, was a Friday night on set. We always Mostly, shot like right? the, the last day of any episode. So <laughs> let's, that's how, you know, because it just gave Jimmy a longer time to study his lines. What, uh, what about the cue cards? Because we all know that you know how yeah. we all do. Ginger and Ginger was the only one allowed with the cue yes. cards. Yeah, um, I know me and Ray worked off of cue cards in Shades of Blue the whole time. Leota, which I'll ask you about him later too, because I think we both love him. Wow, love Ray. I know. Me too. Oh, I don't know God. him, but he sounds fabulous. You love him. Oh, I, I think he's so fucking sexy. Oh my God, he is sexy guy, the okay. most. But he's yeah. sexy, but the same way you're sexy. And the reason why you guys are so freaking sexy is because you're so funny and so open and I, so. I, if it wasn't for Ray and Goodfellas, you know, he would shove me on my mark. You know, because I was never an actor, and I'm, I'm just not. That I was always trying to, except for Melfi. I always tried to be very kind of spontaneous. So if something would hit me, I would, you know, I would try it. And I was all over the place. And Ray really kept me uh, uh, together in that way. He kept me focused. But um, I'll tell you a great Goodfellas story, which I personally am very proud of. Tell us. Do do tell. (laughs) I'm taking my glasses off for this one. I'm just going to listen. I want to hear this story. I have a feeling she's got like the devilish smile on. So I don't know. So um, it being honestly, uh, most of the time, the only woman there when we did good, uh, uh, good fellas. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, what am I talking about? Uh, good fellas. <laughs> and, and in the beginning, it was really only me and, and Ray and the boys. And uh, and that was like the first, let's say, month of shooting. And then it changed. And then they went off and did a lot of other things. But so for that first month, um, you know, I, I'm with all the boys and, and Ray and Marty called us the kids. Bring in the kids. 
okay, we're gonna kiss, okay. And um, the Italian babies. Yeah, it was fun. So now we're into it. We kind of all know each other well, and it's easy and more fun and 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 more focused in a way. So we're shooting the scene where she asks for the money to go shopping this much. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember that. Now that was written. Nick Pelleggi wrote it. And we did one take. Maybe we did two takes. And I go over to Ray and to Marty and I go, do me a favor. Don't cut so quick. Okay, fine. They're like, all right. So I do this. You know, he gives me the money, right? Or whatever. And I slide down Ray's body to give him a blowjob. <laughs> and my favorite, I, I mean, I'm. They're, I, they're I, mouth I was like. On at the time. But just to feel Ray go dead, literally, I slithered down. Oh, and, um, yes, you did. And, <sighs> and he's like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> of course, Scorsese didn't put that in there. <laughs> it made, and the best was when Marty called cut, the crew went crazy. Oh, I'm sure. And they left. They, you know, they kept it. Oh yeah, but they. I would, I would never have the balls to do that. By the way, oh, me and my oh. big mouth and my, you know, I act oh, like yeah. I'm so tough. No, no. Petrified to make a choice like that or any choice yeah, on set. But that was, you know, like somebody's gonna hand you your husband's gonna hand you this much money. Hey, you, you gotta do your job part. too, and, and it's it's Ray Liotta. <laughs> you gotta do you your know. part. That's your part. I mean. <laughs> You know, I thought it was very fun and sexy and spontaneous, which I was love good. it. But that's the trust, the trust that Ray let me have with him. Right. Yeah. You know, that was important. Um, there was a lot of a lot of that between us. Not easy scenes to do no. without trust. No. no. I, and I, I I trusted him and I loved him. I love that. I, uh, I I love him too. I love him so. He and I fought a lot on our TV show, actually, but but okay. there was like a lot. But I adored him, and Ginger yeah. adored him. Oh, you know, yeah. we would warn new people that were coming in. You know, watch out for Ray. Watch out for Ray. <laughs> why? Why? I heard he's, he's a sweetheart. Well, between J Lo and Ray, we did a TV oh. show together with Jennifer yeah, Lopez. Yeah. And we would joke around. Yeah. No, no, no. JLo's not the diva. It's Ray. Oh, I Ray's love it. the diva. <laughs> Ray's our diva. Um, but like in the in the but I say it with the most affection. Yeah, I, sure. I he's such a gentle, warm, wild soul. He's also very funny. Oh, the funniest. I mean, oh. one of the funniest. And yeah. his um his uh the, the way he I mean, if he's in a bad mood, he's in a bad mood. You stay away from him. He reminded me of Jim in that way. Right. In, in certain ways, you know, you knew what you knew when to stay away and you knew right. when it was time to, to, to fuck around and have a great time. The other um, but the other thing that Ray also did to me was recently when we had like the 25 year anniversary of Goodfellas and we're all in this semicircle doing this today's show or one of those shows uh -huh. and Ray's next to me and I have uh 
supposed to be, you know, on one side, Ray and and then Robert is next to uh, uh, Ray. And Ray is playing footsies with me. Yeah, of course he, he is. He, I mean, and... <laughs> Paul Savino is telling this very serious story of how difficult it was for him to play a gangster and this and that. And Ray is all up and down my leg. And I'm sitting there and I'm smiling. I mean, I'm smiling, giggling. I don't know, what am I going to do? You know? And Paul Savino, I look over at Paul and I'm like smiling. He goes, what's so funny? Oh, Oh boy. Nothing. like, oh my god, I, I couldn't think of anything to say. And I said, Oh my god, Ray is playing footsies with me. <laughs> Called him out. Ray, Ray, of course, with the straight face, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. You know, I was like, Really? Thanks a lot. You just threw me under the bus. But he was fun. I heard that was the first time fun. you saw the movie, is, is when you saw it in the 25th anniversary. Is that I true? Saw- I saw it a little before. I went to that Hollywood cemetery. Cemetery. That's that's cool. I've never seen a movie there. Me neither. I've been wanting oh to go. Oh my god! Do it. It was cool. I've that's, seen music uh, there. But wait, that's it, the first time you've seen it there. It's the first wow. time I saw the whole movie through with an audience. Otherwise, I I had seen clips and pieces, and you know, I never really watch anything I'm in. So I never, you know, I would would be on TV and I would go. And then they did this. And Monica said, Lorraine, that's the way to see this movie. It was a full moon. Oh, that's it cool. It was so, please, I beg you to go. It's incredible. Magical. Only if they're showing it's good fellas. <laughs> I'm only going if they're showing good fellas. We live in LA, so it's ridiculous that Listen, we haven't been. I don't like I to say that, that. I, I'm looking at my phone for one reason. I asked Ray to send me a message, a voice note for you today to, to make you laugh. But he didn't, I wanted him to send me one of those, but I don't think he's seen the message yet. But I also think he might be mad at me because when he started um, the movie, with David Chase, he was calling me a lot to find out intel on David, what he could and could not and what it was like. And because he knew, you know, everybody knows that David is David and has his personality and what, you know, we we all knew how we should be to a certain degree. And I didn't see that message until so because I don't check voicemails and he left me a voicemail. So um, I was wondering if he called you to get intel no, on David Chase. He never did. Huh? Oh, my God. I'm surprised, too. I'm surprised. Maybe he doesn't have my number. Oh, I know you want. Uh, I love that Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, man, uh, how did, I don't know how to say his Maniscalco. name. Maniscalco is it Scalco? Yeah. Maybe oh. who the hell? I don't know. He called me for advice because he was going into audition. Oh, with uh, Marty and Robert and Re- and um, Joe Pesci for the Irishman. Yeah, oh. I gave him good advice. Did he, did he get it? Was Which, he in yeah. it? I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I well, still have not seen that film. I want to hear the advice. Yeah, what was the advice? Go. Well, because I told, well, because I said to him, if Marty, Robert, and Joe are in the room, they want you. Yeah. They want you. Yeah. So with that, mm-hmm. they're not calling 
everybody in to do a reading or meet them when they're not sure. They want you. So yeah. know that, and and they want you to be great. They want yeah. you to be you. They want you to be great. Don't don't go too heavy in your head. You That's know? the worst. You know it's the worst. Yes. The worst. It's the worst feeling walking in those rooms. But when you know they want you, you can walk in with that confidence. So, and I said to him, "Trust me, they're not calling you in because they don't want you. They want you to be the best you can be. They will. They will give you everything you need to be great. They're not there to hurt you or put you down or you know they they want it. So." Holly was like, you know, it never occurred to me. Yeah. But even when you get in that room, you're shaking. I mean, I'm I'm nervous doing an interview with you for for fuck's sake. I agree with her. But yeah. How was your audition process? Did you audition for The Sopranos? Or they just called you? They wanted her for Carmela. Of course he wanted her for Carmela. I did have to to go to LA and read for Chris Albrecht. Oh, you did? I didn't think you read. I read. They want, you know. Bastards. <laughs> they just said, please, you know. Yeah. The role's yours, but please come and, you know. They said, all right, I'm mm-hmm. coming to LA. Nice. Put me up at the peninsula. I'm in. Yeah. That was our spot. <laughs> okay. Okay. How yeah, did you, how did I mean, you got, get out of the, car, um, the role of Carmela? Well, I didn't really get out of it. When I met David, um, I said to him, listen, I did Carmela. I'm not going to do it any better than that. Mm -hmm. I I said, I love the script. I said, I know, I want you to know that they forced me to read it. I had no desire to read another mob (laughs) anything. Oh, my God. So with that, uh, when I read it, I was like, whoa. You fell in love. Oh, whoa, wait, oh, I get it. Too, yeah. yeah. I get it. I don't want to play. I said to my agents, I don't want to play Carmela. I want to play Melfi. And they were like, can you please not say that? Can you just please <laughs> go in there? You know how agents are. The, 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 the script is called The Sopranos. It's not called Dr. Melfi. Don't talk yourself out of a part. This oh guy God. really wants to meet you. I said, okay, fine. So um, when I met David, I I told him I want to play Melfi. And he was like, mm-hmm. you want to play Melfi? I said, yes. I said, for a couple of reasons. I'm a very different woman than I was when I made Goodfellas. Um, uh, I'm older, I'm wiser, and I love the intimacy of that relationship. It's fantastic. You've never seen it really on screen, really. And you've never seen an Italian, educated Italian American no, no. woman. Mm-mm. I said, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. Those were the best be scenes. Fun? Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I wanted to ask you a question about that actually, because you're in so many scenes. Um, about the Anti-Defamation Society with Richard Romanus, who was yes. in Mean Streets, as a matter of fact, yes. and he plays yes. your husband. And um, I, you know, what you say to him, I think it's an employee of the month, but you, you're always kind of the mouthpiece for that on the show. 
But yeah. I was, I never really did press on the show, but when they would catch me, I was so loud and obnoxious about that one thing. And I found myself saying, I just watched Employee of the Month again this morning. I don't know why I did that because I cried all friggin' morning, by the way. Um, but listening to you say what you say to him about the Anti-Defamation Society and how insecure he must feel to not be able to embrace his heritage and for all of its, you know, <clears throat> beauty and stuff. It's kind of what I was always saying. Did you have to talk about that a lot when you were on the show? Because I'm sure you got asked those questions when we were doing publicity. I did. And this is how I handled it. I went to my father who worked in the fish market his whole life. And I said, Dad, does the show bother you in any way? Does it make you feel less, less uh, desirable or, or not a good person or not a good Italian or this and that? And he looked at me and he was like, Lorraine, it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, right. Amen. Noted. Okay. Because if it if it had bothered him, it would have bothered me. You know what I mean? It would have would have hurt me in a way. Uh, Because my father was a very proud Italian, you know, guy. Um, Did he appreciate it for all its literary depth and beauty? And I mean, because the show was so beautiful. I mean, he loved it. Yeah, he loved it. Do you like how dark I am? You got dark. I, I saw you got you got yeah, dark and nasty, Lorraine. Dre. Yeah. Do you like the snack that I brought in oh from Uprising Food? Why don't we have the best sponsors ever? I love it. It's supporting small business, and this bread is delicious. Forget about even supporting small business. I mean, this is really insanely delicious. Um, Mainly because I'm always trying to be grain free, dairy free, soy free, preservative free. And honestly, most of those breads, they seriously suck. Oh, my God. Our listeners are hearing us chew. Oh, sorry, guys. For those of you that are not watching on YouTube, we are furiously chewing on the golden loaf. It's delicious. Which is, this is the reason why I like it, personally, aside from it being delicious, because most of these breads are not, um, is it is like a... It's, it does all this amazing stuff for your gut. They say it's like a supplement. Yeah, it's like a superfood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's beyond just, you know, uh, substituting bread with other bread because you're, you have to be free of certain, certain things in your diet. This is really, really health conscious bread. Made and, without gluten and grain free. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, soy free, preservative free. We've already gone over that. Yeah. But more importantly, we are dipping it no. in an olive oil mixture of lemon peel, red uh, crushed red pepper, it's- garlic powder, garlic salt, black pepper. And um, she just whipped this up in two seconds in my kitchen. I mean, it's I mean, so um, good with this bread. All the crunchy stuff. For those of you that can see on the olive oil, I'm going to saturate this mic right now. Uh. Mm. Well, it's also great with that um, that salad you make, the Caesar kale salad. These make great croutons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it comes like this. I mean, it comes in a six-pack? I'm I not don't sure. know. Whatever, however you... It comes like six loaves, I think, way. at once. I'm not, I'm not really sure. But they deliver it to your home in this box. You take all these little boxes out. 
stick them in the freezer and then put your, the one you're about to use in your fridge. And it's my favorite. Um, you know, what my kids love grilled cheese on it. It's yep. delicious. We're going we're gonna to try French toast tomorrow or avocado toast. Have you tried that? I have the with avocado the- toast with this bread is amazing. I mean, I know it's not vegan, but I put an egg on it too. It's well, delicious. This is vegan. I am, but I'm not. So mm-hmm. I alter it a little bit. Anyway, sorry for chewing on the microphone. We're Italian. We got to eat bread. <laughs> we got to eat. We have not found a solution to the best gluten-free pasta yet. But this We're is, searching. Yeah. We have now found a solution to the best grain-free and preservative-free, dairy-free bread. This is our dough. This, this is our dough, yo. This <laughs> is our dough, yo. Go to uprisingfood.com and order the new gold standard in healthy bread and get free shipping by using the code GANGSTA. At checkout. Oh my God, why? Why support, is it so good though? Support small business is what we love to do, and this is a small business, so do it. I want to interview the people who make this I bread mean, and find out why it's this soft. It truly is amazing. Why is it so mushy and soft? For, I don't know. For a, a grain free bread. But then you toast it too, and you're going to have that little. Mm. Okay, we're pigging out. Back to the show. Yeah, back to Lorraine. <laughs> mm. All right, I'm going to have light. Okay. Let there be light. <gasps> oh my God, you really are beautiful. We need to know your skin <sighs> secrets because whatever you're doing, we oh, want perfect. some. Lorraine, you were in silhouette before. Hi. You became a silhouette. <laughs> but you look so bright, and I was like, well, I'm a little dark here. Yeah, That's getting, what I was thinking too. You I was were like, we're dark. Bright, you're dark. Wait, Lorraine, you're, are you blonde? Or are you white? Are you silver? I'm it looks blonde. It's like white. It looks like it oh, grew it, in You know perfectly. what? It looks like it's blonde right now that you put the freaking light on. Right. It's white. <laughs> it looks great. Oh, you, you're gorgeous. Oh, my God. Melfi with, of the teeth and the mouth. Oh. I, they call me the dirty dentist, Lorraine. They meaning me. They meaning me. It's I call same. her the dirty dentist. Yeah. We're good. Is it good? <laughs> That's, I think that looks good. That's good. Yeah. Better. Yeah, you don't want it to. You know, you don't need too much light. We're good. We're we're good. We're good. Um, but back back to um, I have to ask you a question because this relates to me, and I'm totally selfish. So I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> Do you have any regrets about not wanting to be typecast after you did it once? Because I really went balls to the wall about it, and now that I'm older, I'm almost fifty. Um, Honestly, the only thing I want to do at this point is play those roles because they're the juiciest. Um, and I, my, my younger self, because I've seen that letter you wrote to your younger self, mm. which I love so much. Um, do you have regrets about, about not wanting to be typecast in that, in that sort of role? You know, sadly, Hollywood will do that. I don't do it, but everybody else does. Look, I'm a New Yorker. I, I... I have many facets to myself and in my life. I lived in France for 10 years. I speak fluent French. Oh, People are it. always like, what? <laughs> um, Italian uh, too, right? I speak a little Italian and more Spanish, really, to tell you oh, the wow. truth. Oh. I'm a mother. Mm. And I have taken great pride in being a, a, a decent mom, single mom, uh, 
with two girls that are incredibly uh, smart, beautiful, and good. My kids are good. My children are really nice. That's an achievement right there because that's all you really want. I'm a, I have two kids too. Obviously, Dre does too. But that's all you want for them, right? I'm a, and I'm a single mom too. Very difficult in this business. Yeah. Yeah. Very entitled. Very, and you see it all over the place. But Margo went and got an MBA, uh, MBA at Wharton. Stella's a doctor. Oh, my God. Stella's a doctor? <laughs> Stop it right now. That little baby girl from back then is a doctor. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they went opposite. She works with the criminally insane Stella. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No, she does. She does. She's unbelievable. She wow. Works at, yeah. She's incredible. She's oh, very I'm, hard. We're going to want her on the podcast I mean, now. Does, do you worry about her? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure but she's gorgeous you know with your jeans, um, especially. She's, I think that they relate to her because she's, She's herself, she's witty, she's smart, she's funny. She's they they she's a little like uh, what do you call them that the actor who did that show uh the doctor Hugh uh she's a little bit of a seven. Oh, are you talking about house? That guy? House. Yes. <laughs> I can't no, believe I got that. Okay. I don't even yeah, watch yeah, TV yeah, and yeah. I got that. Yes. Seven's got a little house in her. You wow. Know? Um, so she's psychiatrist. Is she an psychologist? analyst? Psychologist. psychologist. Okay. She's got a PhD. Wow. Um, Amazing. And, uh, she's young, she's beautiful. And I think that she takes people for who they are. You know, she's not, she doesn't want to push them around, or, you know, yeah. preach or anything. She, she's, uh, so she sees she, the person behind the criminal. That and also behind schizophrenic. You know, wow. there's a lot of, you know, mental illness. We uh, need to have her. Oh, yeah, we want to have her on the podcast she's, now. She's, <laughs> she's, she's amazing. You should. Wow. Yeah, wow. You would, Drea, you'd be shocked. Oh, you know, my look, God. She deals. She with was twelve when, when 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 wasn't yeah. she twelve? She was my daughter's yeah. age. So what is she thirty something now? She's oh. thirty four. Thirty four. Oh, she's and a big girl two, now. Yeah, and Margot's married. I have two grandchildren. Oh. I can't believe you have grandchildren. I feel like time stood still, but it really didn't. We've so many things have happened in between then and now. Yeah, you have grandbabies. How wow. did that feel? That must but be But I have to say, I mean, I think it was, I always said it was easy to go to work. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Much harder to be a parent. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. I so, saw that you, um, it, when you wrote your book, you wrote that, uh, that when, when you're approaching 50, that women can feel invisible. Yes. And then I was wondering about how I thought about when I first gave birth to my daughter and I was younger, I was 36, but I had the first feeling of what it felt like to suddenly become invisible or to take the back seat. 
And that quickly left because I, the joy of raising my baby was like, and a girl, you know, and to fix all the mistakes my own mother made yeah. and all these sort of things. Um, and now I think about that and I thought about you writing that um, and what it's like raising two, two girls, knowing yeah. that this is like, when you have those moments of feeling that way, how do you step through that to break through, to be able to be there and be present? And I, I heard you talking about presence a lot. And being present. Yes. And yes. I love it. It's, you know, look. I read once that it said, when children grow up with a mother who never fulfilled her dreams, it's very, very hard on the kid. Tony uh, Soprano. <laughs> I could imagine. Yeah. Very, very difficult. Now, I had a mother who was talented, who could sing, who was on the stage in England. My mother was English. She was a war bride, um, but never fulfilled any of those dreams. And I, I feel she she was bitter about, you know, never being able to... Uh, succeed i mean she succeeded being a, a good mom uh, being a great house uh uh keeper uh becoming a really good cook i mean she did great things i mean I, I, i'm not great at any of those things to tell you the truth but she um I mean, I feel she was unfulfilled. Let's put it that way. I think that's the right word. And I think when you have an unfulfilled parent, the children suffer. I yeah. I agree. I think so too. Especially when they don't have any when they don't have any awareness of it too. Because a lot. Um, my my mom had awareness of her of her stuff when she was younger. No, um, your mother was aware. Your mother was was there. She was she was smart. She was beautiful. She was funny. Uh, no, your mom was but interesting. She has dementia now, and I was reading about That's your book, not which That's no, not no, it's not. But but Lorraine, the whole thing relates to her diet. I mean, it relates to past traumas as well. You know, her, she was raised in a mafia household. I never talked about it when I was on the show, but but my family is, you know, they they had their their connected. connect. It was, it was yeah. she, I'm a mafia princess, but <laughs> she was a mafia princess, so she was destroyed by that. And then she wrote about it for years because she was a playwright. Um, I can't believe that you were never in any of her stuff when she was doing all that stuff. I don't know if you studied with, with Uta Hagen, but Uta would always play these Italian characters in her plays. It made no sense at all. Right, but she could relate to the soul. Yeah, she could, but it was so, um, it was hard to watch being a girl from Queens and to right. watch this I Austrian get, woman I playing get, your grandmother. <laughs> You're like, what? But it's I want like somebody to talk like this. But come on, it's like watching a lot of actors who think they can put a New York accent on. Yeah. No, they can't do it. It's painful. No, they can't do it. It's, it's only painful. a few. It's yeah. only the very few. I think the no, Australians yeah. get it every now and then, but Honestly, most Americans one, don't. The only one who did it for me was Tom Hardy. Uh, oh, he did a good one. He did that movie with Jim. He did it. He, right? 
I don't think it was with Jim, but he played a guy from from uh, Brooklyn or Queens, and he did a great accent. But he is the only motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, what about uh, Gary Oldman did an okay one in State of Grace, no? I think the English and the Australians, they can get it. Can do but it the better. Americans don't get it. Mm -mm. It's, it's weird. It's so specific. It's very specific. It's so it's sing songy. It's it's look. It's it's not easy. You know. It is sing -songy. And I always and it always bothers me when you have characters that come from New York and they speak like they're you know they're from California. Yeah. Or the <laughs> they talk like, like me you know, now. I try to speak yeah. like I'm from California. Uh, to you. My daughter always <laughs> says, "You don't have a New York accent." I'm like, "Fuck yes, I do." <laughs> oh, it's a very specific, uh, you know, uh, uh, manier of speaking, a way of yes. speaking. Yeah, and I think, well, that's a, the big issue with us and getting typecast, too, is that, you know, it's 20 years later and I can't get a fucking job because The Sopranos has had a rebirth, which I love because all these 20-year-olds are obsessed with the show yeah. and... And I've been enjoying that a lot. But at the same time, all of these casting people say, oh, no, 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 no. She's, she's Adriana and she talks like this and she can't play anything other than that. And I'm just like, that was 20 but fucking years ago. I was 26. I'm 50 How now. short-sighted. Yeah. How yeah. short-sighted. It's if, crazy. Honestly, if, when casting people say, oh, no, you know, I'm like, Really? I'm telling you, I can play this part really well. Yeah. And yeah, you're telling me, crazy. me, no? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah I love it. I, I feel like... Uh, oh, hi, guys. Yeah, you're now... You, we're, Chris and I are Beavis and Butthead right now. That's right. You're watching <gasps> us watch ourselves on the Gangster Goddess broadcast <laughs> interviewing the infamous... The famous Dr. Melfi, Lorraine Bracco, you know, Amazing. all those things. Anyway, I don't know why I said infamous. I think I was just getting really excited. I was getting excited. Yes, you you just interrupted us watching ourselves. This is what's happening. No, we're anyway, watching with um, them. So we're actually watching with you guys. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And this is a yeah. rewatch, right? So you're actually, we're rewatching the rewatch <laughs> with our <laughs> listeners. Anyway, the reason why we're here doing this sort of drop in thing, and we were just watching Lorraine talk about stereotyping and all those things, which I have a few, a few thousand words to say about that. Well, you did. But, you were um, saying, I can't believe it. My God. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyhow, um, our Lorraine interview went so long and we had so much fun um, just, you know, shooting the shit with her that we we had to break it up into two episodes because we never stopped talking like three kiakiarons. <laughs> um, so you guys are going to have to tune in next week for the rest of Lorraine's Goodfellas stories, Scorsese, Leota, Tony Soprano, Sopranos, Melfi, and to talk about her new project um, on HGTV. It's already been announced. Um, anyways, yeah. So there's a lot more coming. Sure. There's a lot yeah. more coming up. Yeah. Yeah. We fun. had to break it up. We had to break it up. I mean, she's the queen. You know what I mean? 
She deserves two. She deserves two episodes. Plus, yeah. I don't know. There, there's some really good juice in the second half. I gotta tell you, I, I, yeah. I watched the whole thing because we make edit notes. But now we're rewatching it, rewatching it. But there's some when, great and stuff. Lorraine's like, uh, like me. There's no edit button. Mm-hmm. It's just like, eh, you know, she, Lorraine's not pleading the fifth right now. <laughs> No, she's like, here I am. This is this is who I am. Accept me or love me or bye-bye. Yeah. So tune in next week to Apple Podcasts or YouTube or, you know, you know, come join us. Come sit with us. We'll be sitting here just like this watching with you guys. <laughs> like this. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I just say that? Did Lorraine just say that? I don't even know what's going on. She's yeah. great. And she looks amazing i can't even oh get God, over she's gorgeous she's gorgeous and i like that she wore that shirt because she knew she was coming onto my filthy ass world the nasty for, the day. Well, for our listeners <laughs> who aren't watching us she wore um a shirt that said nasty across the chest which is mm-hmm. kind of funny knowing dre's mouth and what yeah. a nasty gal she what a nasty it broad made me feel good that she that she probably remembered from the days of yore that i was nasty even back then i love it i love it yeah. i um okay. one thing before we go um so uh, what, what? Lindsay writes in and she says the heart of the show is the therapy scenes in her opinion and so many stories and so any stories Lorraine has filming with Jimmy would be so great and also it's so great to see her back on social media I guess quarantine has all of us with time on our hands to spare between the three of you ladies I know it'll be a wild time can't wait also Dre your friend reading the lyrics to WAP had me dying laughing. <laughs> Thank you both <laughs> both for keeping fans entertained during this crazy time. You know, we didn't do the mafia mailbag in the beginning because we had it Lorraine. So I wanted to read one one little one little tidbit. The mafia mailbag. Well, guys, you should all I mean you you should all tune in next week to see if we can get Lorraine to read the lyrics of WAP WAP. And no, it's not without papers in this situation. It would be wet ass beep. <laughs> I love that. You just beeped yourself. That's pretty beep. good. Yep. I'm um, trying not to curse people. She's, a, she's anyway. a bad girl, just like you. Yeah. Lorraine is uh <laughs> Lorraine is the husky voiced, sexy toothed. She's got yeah. kind of like you, Chris. Oh, thank you. Look who's talking. Yeah. I mean, no, well, I mean, the mouth. It's the the, the mouth well, you've got on the, you guys. The but hers is even more exaggerated than yours. I mean, I she is just, she's just one of the most beautiful women I've ever laid, I, I've ever laid eyes on and sexy. Yeah, she's you know. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, totally so anyhow. gorgeous. Anyway. Yeah, I tune think that, in that's next it, right? week, guys. Come and listen to us once again. With with the doctor, the good Dr. Melfi. I'm the stuttering. good Dr. Melfi. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Show our sponsors some love. Uprising Food. They And thank mm. you for supporting our show. Support small business. Support Uprising Foods. I love their bread. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, see Goodbye. you next Tuesday for part B, part two of the Ryan Baco. Yeah, part two. Let's go with a part two. Yeah.
part two. See you next part Tuesday. Two. Bye, guys. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Gangster Goddess Broadcast is a UV Ways and Monkey Mind Music Group production. Executive produced by Dre and Chris and theme song by UV Waves. <laughs>